Welcome to the Mark Stary Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Stary, and I'm a 15-plus-year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Stary, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, and most of the places you get your music online. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most of the places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. Got an extra buck or two? You mind tossing the podcast tip jar? Please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Also considering helping get the word out on the street via social media, five-star rating and review in iTunes, and or tell a friend or two. Happy Thought of the Day is by Norman Rockwell. I just wanted to do something important. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 245. Please support this week's sponsors, 45th Parallel Distilleries, ID Chrysler, Pine City, and the BDL Club. Also, thanks to all the folks who contribute to this podcast on Patreon.com. Coming at you on a beautiful summer day here at my family's cabin in Turtle Lake, Wisconsin. A big thanks to all the folks who've been sending positive vibes to my dad while he's at Regions in St. Paul. Third round of chemo went well, and he's becoming an expert at FaceTime, Netflix, and all kinds of stuff. Last week's Geeks Wrap-Up. Wednesday, played my first show back at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Beautiful night out in the patio, and great to see friends Oz, LT, TK, Randy T, and many more of the Pub 42 crew. Missed you guys. Thursday, played a solo show at B-Dale Club in St. Paul, Minnesota. Stormy night out, and with social distance restrictions, had kind of a thin crowd inside. But getting back in the B-Dale rockin' was a blast. Great to see Rob, Dana, McLemore, Corey, Jeff, Cindy, and the rest of the gang. Saturday, Brian K. Johnson and I played a duo show at Vanelli's by the Lake in Forest Lake, Minnesota. Picturesque day out in the patio. Had fun rocking some blues jammers. And great to see Harley Davidson, Andrew, and previous podcast guest, Ash St. John. Sunday played a solo Father's Day show at Mickey Joe's Mix-Up in Amory, Wisconsin. Was a steamer outside, but I always have fun playing that patio. Surprising how many folks were tackling shots of fireball at noon. Upcoming shows. Wednesday, June 24th, 2020, I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Friday, June 26th, I'll be playing a solo show at Danny's in Stillwater, Minnesota from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. Saturday, June 27th, I'll be playing a duo show at Seven Brothers in Clayton, Wisconsin from 7 to 10 p.m. Sunday, June 28th, I'll be playing a solo show at Wilkins in Luck, Wisconsin from 2 to 5 p.m. is part one of two with David Skrupke and Jan Davis of the Turtle Lake Wisconsin Museum. We talk the early history of the museum and Turtle Lake, the interesting and notorious story of Doc Till, and more. Enjoy the conversation.
David Skrupke and Jan Davis of the Turtle Lake Museum. Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. How are you guys doing today? Very well. Thank you. Doing fine. Thanks. Yes. Thank you guys for meeting me up here in this muggy day here in my hometown of Turtle Lake, Wisconsin, and how this program came to be about. Usually the shows are about music every week, but sometimes I like to steer off do something a little different and so David was nice enough and his wife Diane to as we were cleaning out our family's cabin on Horseshoe Lake outside of Turtle Lake Wisconsin we David picked up some stuff for the Turtle Lake Museum here and I'd never really been here before and so I spent the day working with these guys and I found the museum just literally jaw-dropping how nice it was how professional it was and I really enjoyed hearing the stories about it and I found myself telling my friends and family about this place and instead of me continuing to do that I just figured I'd talk to the sources right here for a couple episodes and get the story of the Turtle Lake Museum here so thank you guys for being on the show sure appreciate it and uh, I guess I'll start with you Jan Uh, for folks listening uh, Jan's daughter Stacy works with us at (laughs) Vanelli's in Forest Lake every third Saturday we love Stacy, so hello Stacy out there. And uh, so Jan, how did this all start about the Turtle Lake Museum here? Well, Lampers decided that they were going to close down some of their businesses. And Lampers and is a wood place, right? It was a yeah, they were yeah. selling lumber, etc. Um, and so the um, well, my daughter actually was on the village board at that time, so that helped a lot <laughs> um, in talking to everyone there and deciding that maybe we needed to take a good look at this building then um, to have for a museum. And it uh, has certainly worked out well. <laughs> That's great. Was there any local museums in the area that kind of inspired you to do this? You kind of crafted it after? No. I can't say that's that's part of it. We had another couple that, um, uh, Willis and Dolores, were very uh, anxious to help, you know, get this going. And they had things, obviously, to bring here. So that um, that was really what really made it start. And then, of course, we had lots of work to do in it. So um, we had to call in some a little bit of help that way for carpenter work and everything. So... Okay. And carrying a few things apart, of course. Yes. <laughs> so when you start up a hometown museum, and this mm-hmm. was a lumber yard or whatever. Yes. You got to just gut the whole thing and start from scratch pretty well, much? We did a quite a bit of that, yes, I would say, to make it just um, look a lot better, um, especially this um, room as you come in had to be very welcome to everyone. And so, yeah, we did a little more, more work doing that, especially, you know, we cleaned up the flooring and and especially and in the other rooms also um yeah there was a little work to do (laughs) okay and who was the primary like whose idea was it again well willis and dolores were big on that and of course um i was very pleased to be able to do something with it and um so there weren't very many of us from the very beginning but the the village board when well, okay, I'll back up just a little because obviously we did not have the money to purchase anything like this, so we needed help from the village. And um, and so we worked with them, and they have been very kind to us. We uh, They really do take care of us pretty good. We, don't, we have to make big payments to them, so, <laughs> <laughs> so that's always good. But uh, no, that was that was actually the start. We had to have, we had to have a lot of things done. Um, Kevin Cordes was great. We pulled him in for a lot of the carpenter work, and he 
really gave us a deal. <laughs> and uh, there was a lot of us that just worked in here just to do a lot of the carpenter work and the painting and, you know, those kind of things. Of course, we worked for nothing. So, yeah, it just came about. So what's the history of this building? Do you guys know how old this building is in the first place? Well, maybe you can answer that. It's Sure. Sitting here in my family's cabin, watching Copper the Wonder Gold do some fishing, editing some podcasts, jamming on some Albert King licks, and an old Alfred Hitchcock movie on VHS in the background is what a summer evening is all about for me. I think some border bourbon from 45th Parallel Distillery is in order for the cherry on top. 45th Parallel is a family-owned craft distillery in New Richmond, Wisconsin. They opened their doors in 2007 and went from making a single vodka to producing dozens of different spirits, including gins, whiskeys, and citrus liqueurs. 45th Parallel Distillers are committed to a slow craft philosophy. Slow fermentation, slow infusion, slow distillation, slow blending, slow aging. Their mission is to create high-quality spirits using local ingredients whenever possible and to provide visitors with a great experience. Stop in and check them out at 1570 Madison Avenue, New Richmond, Wisconsin. Check out 45thparalleldistillery.com for hours and more information. If you're looking for a quality alcoholic beverage to enjoy while listening to your favorite local musicians, try a 45th Parallel Distillery product. You won't be disappointed. Please drink responsibly. Um, the building actually started, this building was probably here in 1900. But before that, there was a sawmill that was located here because that's one of the reasons that Turtle Lake is here, because of all the, the trees. And there was a sawmill that was located on this, there's a small pond just to the east of us. And that is called the Mill Pond for a reason, because there was a sawmill on it. And so the, the people that came to Turtle Lake came here because of the lumber that this, the as the country was opening up they um, sold tracts of land to people who would come in and and do logging um, so anyway the people that were here their family name was Richardson and uh, there were a few Richardson brothers and you know descendants that came here they were actually they started out in Skohagen Michigan or no, Maine, sorry. Mm -hmm. And they moved to Turtle Lake when this opened up and they had uh, a background in logging. And so what happened is that when the logging, the trees were pretty much gone in, the, in Maine, they were moving west. And so anyway, they bought the, the property here, set up a, a, a uh, sawmill on the mill pond and started collecting trees. And, you know, it was sort of the same time as Stout and Knapp, who were also big loggers. And they had sawmills on Upper Turtle and Lower Turtle Lake, which is about three miles east of Turtle Lake. So Turtle Lake originally was called Skohagen. <laughs> Skohagen? Yeah. Yes, Skohagen. And what happened, they changed it to Turtle Lake because the, um, as the lumber companies on Upper Turtle and Lower Turtle Lake were getting supplies from out east, the address would be Turtle Lake because they were on the Turtle, the Turtle Lakes. And when they established a post office in Turtle Lake, um, 
for some reason they thought because things were coming to this area addressed to Turtle Lake that it was easier to change the name than it was to change the address. So I've finally heard the story of why they call it Turtle Lake. I've taught summer school here for 20-some years. They've always asked why it's called Turtle Lake or whatever, so now I know what it was Skohagen originally, right? Right, right. And the reason they called those lakes Turtle Lake is the loggers noticed that there were all these turtles that were laying eggs along the shores of the lake. So they called it Skohagen. No. Wow. <laughs> they called it Turtle Lake. <laughs> so once they started the, the mills here and stuff, what were some of the first buildings and businesses that started here in Turtle Lake slash Skohagen? Well, actually, the history of Turtle Lake goes back a lot further. And, the, you know, the reason that this is such a, a pristine, a, you know, a, a nice area is because of the geology. Uh, this was the edge of the glacier. Actually, it was under, under the glacier at one time. Um, and Turtle Lake is actually built on an ice-walled lake. And so the, the Turtle Lake area is actually really flat. Um, which all the water from the from the glaciers attracted other people like the native people that were here and who knows what their actual tribes were because that was before recorded history but most of the lakes around here have um, Native American settlement sites on them just about all of them do the furs became quite valuable in Europe and so trappers, uh, a lot of them from uh, France, but also from England, came here because of the value of furs. And so uh, they came here to, to buy the furs. You know, trappers were here. And then, of course, then the, log, the country opened up and logging started. Uh, so when you guys first started putting the museum together... What were some of the first items that you got? Well, we had a lot of things that were just brought in. We didn't have a place to put them yet. We used the uh, the lumber shed out here for a while to put them in. Um, because we had to get some cabinets and different things like that. And we were extremely fortunate because there were a couple of businesses that had gone out of business, <laughs> not good for them, but good for us. Um, and um, we purchased them. It'll be like the glass cabinets with the glass doors you see here. Um, but we just collected a lot of things and and just waited then until we could get everything. We tore a lot of things apart and redid it just you know so that it would be easier um, to put stuff in um, or look better, whichever. So. I don't know. We just started finding things, and we were, I, I don't know if the time was right or what, but we really did find a lot of good things because the glass cabinets that we can lock and everything are wonderful, are wonderful, and we have a lot of them. And when you guys uh, put this together, did you guys come up with, like, a layout and, like, what kind of eras or genres or things you wanted to feature? Um, well, I came into this a little bit later. I... Um, I'm a retired teacher, and uh, you know uh, Jan and the Sellies um, started this before I was in on it. And I, you know, I knew that when I retired, I would like to, because I'm kind of interested in history. And and when we'd go on vacation, we'd stop at museums all over the country and the world. And anyway, 
I thought that that would be a kind of a fun thing to do when I retired. And so there's a, 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 a county museum over by Cameron. And uh, then this became available. I thought, well, I could just, you know, it's just a few blocks from my house. And that's uh, kind of yeah. convenient to do. But so when I got involved, this building was already in, we had a lease on it. Yes. And um, so. And quite a few things actually all in here. Right. Well, and what we tried to do is to preserve the building to keep the, the appearance that it had because that in itself is historic and, um, you know, and add to it things that are. Um, native to Turtle Lake. Uh, some of the stuff is pretty generic. I mean, old radios were all over the country and, you know, a lot of things. But a lot of things that we actually have here are old artifacts from Turtle Lake. Yes. When I went through here and I grew up in Turtle Lake here, just wandering through, I saw a bunch of things that jumped out that I haven't really seen since I was a kid, such as like uh, that just trigger these old memories and walking home from walking to my grandmother's from school, like the old Harvey McCann barbershop sign, mm -hmm. like all this kind of authentic Turtle Lake stuff. Um, Jan, what, what do you think is the most some of your favorite pieces in this museum? That's really hard because uh, I, I've enjoyed all of them. And the fact that we really were able to open up at a really good time because there have been a number of businesses that have even been torn down since we started this. And uh, just like with the barber or, you know, some of the other stores that aren't here, but we have things from those stores. So nice to be able to go out and play some shows again. I've missed racing around from town to town performing, throwing the speakers and guitar in the back, dodging the weekend traffic, and having the confidence I'll make the gig on time is a luxury I now have with my black Jeep Cherokee I got from ID Chrysler, Pine City, Minnesota. With 250,000 miles, my old car was just too much for the poor thing to take. I found myself looking for my new dream ride at ID Chrysler, Pine City, and the staff couldn't have been more helpful with me choosing a vehicle and willing to work with my, as I call it, musician's credit score. Their philosophy is simple. Time-saving, hassle-free, fair price. Check out their inventory at idcdjr.com or take the beautiful drive up 35 to 715 Northridge Court, Northwest Pine City, Minnesota to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Thursday, 8 to 6 p.m. and Friday and Saturday, 8 to 5 p.m. Closed on Sundays. Check out ID Chrysler Pine City today and enjoy a safe summer season full of adventures and memories out in the open road in a new ride. So, uh, yes, if we'd have waited a few more years, I think we would not have, we wouldn't have as many things as we have right now. No. Well, no question. And uh, I'm a native of Turtle Lake, like yes. like you, Mark. Yes, absolutely. Are you from Turtle Lake, Jan? No. Where are you from? Chautauqua area. You're I from Chautauqua. But yes. Okay. Yeah. So yep. in the time that I've lived here, I've seen lots and lots of changes. Like we, uh, mm -hmm. there were a lot of old store buildings. And uh, there was a, a train depot, and you know there were opera houses and opera and, houses. Yeah, oh, yes. yeah, a couple what? Of opera houses. Yeah, where were they? Um, well, uh, you know, I c I could explain them, but would would that make sense? Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, okay. if it does, I'll edit it out. Oh. <laughs> 
Okay, well, one of them was where the uh, where the police police mm-hmm. building is now that used to be the fire hall. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was mm-hmm. the first one, and it was called the Fisk Opera House. And um, then there was another one that was down by the hotel bar. And uh, I forget what the name of that one was, but... Um, like how like what would it look like 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 an opera house like right out of a moulin rouge kind of thing or what would an opera house in turtle lake be and what years would this have been okay um well this would have been so after after the logging got done and the logging lasted about 27 years okay and then came they opened it up for farming and uh, so these, there were real estate people that, that came in, and what they did is they took pictures of all these nice flat fields, but they took them in the winter. And there was a reason that they did that is because we had a lot of snow back then, and the fields looked perfectly flat, but in the spring they were full of stumps from the, <laughs> from the logging. And so this, this land was sold based on these really nice flat fields, and... They are nice flat fields, but they had all this work to do before they could actually start farming. So they, uh, you know, farmers came in and they they pulled out the stumps. Um, so that was the well. Then the railroads. <laughs> well, the railroad uh, came in because of the logging, and that was the Chicago Northwestern because the the logs were hauled mostly from this area south um, to. Chicago, Milwaukee, uh, Madison, to build all these beautiful red barns that Turtle or Turtle Lake that Wisconsin was noted for, yeah. and that are kind of collapsing. Um, so anyway, uh, the farming was was a big thing, but there was a, there was a uh, some businesses that opened up. One of them was a, a quack doctor that that came to Turtle Lake, and his name was John Till. And John Till um, practiced his his philosophy was that every single thing that happens to humans, you know, cancer, a toothache, uh, malaria, uh, typhoid, uh, smallpox, everything is caused by poisons in the body. So somehow he got a reputation for being able to cure people by using things called mustard plasters. And what that was was a combination of herbs. Uh, There was this really toxic hot oil or extract from plants that... um, it was really nasty that was included in this concoction. Should I keep talking about Gentile? Yes, okay. please. This is one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. I was telling my sisters about, my friends about, where there was this was this uh, Dr. John Till. And there's a lot of information on him on the Internet and everything else. So yeah. it's it was so interesting to hear about him. Yeah, well, he was called Doc Till, but it, it he, he was not a medical doctor. And he even acknowledged that. But it didn't stop him from treating people and making lots of money. So anyway, one of the reasons there were lots of hotels that were built in Turtle Lake, one was the Fisk Hotel, which was um, like a Victorian house with a turret and whatever, and that was to house till patients. And then other there was a commercial hotel 
the Turtle Lake House um, <clears throat> and others. <clears throat> so anyway, his reputation spread and people from all over the world came to Turtle Lake to get treated by this guy. So he, um, he set up this practice. Uh, there were a few different locations. He, actually, he was in other towns. He got kicked out of other places. He came to Turtle Lake for, I think he was here 19 or 20. Wait. Uh, he spent some time uh, in Elmina. Oh, yeah, Elmina, uh, Somerset, mm -hmm. uh, New Richmond, um, Turtle Lake. And anyway, um, but he was not a doctor, and so he kind of got kicked out of places. Um, but anyway, he came to Turtle Lake. They built these hotels to primarily accommodate people who came to Turtle Lake. And there were people that would come in the trains. You know, there would be two or three trains a day that would be filled with John Till patients. And... Um, your, I think it's your great grandfather. My great great grandfather. Yeah. Um, I believe, and I'm looking at. See, I was when I was here before. I was like, because I'm a portrait artist myself, and I was like, who drew that cool picture up on the wall? And I, and you said it's my great great grandfather. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, Bert Hart is his name, and I I've been I can't tell if that's a photograph or a drawing or a combination between the two but it's pretty interesting photograph and apparently he would pick up people from the trains and drive them out to Doc Till's house which is right outside right you know right what just down out, out across the highway from the school pretty much isn't it where it was yeah well it it moved and so um, he actually moved into one of the old school buildings in, in town, but I, I can get to that okay. in a bit. I want to tell you all one of my favorite bars in the Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota area. The B. Dale Club, located on the corner of County Road B and Dale's motto is a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun, and that is the truth. The food at T-Bird's Cafe and Takeaway is always excellent. Thanks to regular and live music buff Steve for recommending me some new music this week to listen to at the B-Dale Club show. Danny Bryant is a nice addition to my blues music listening playlist. Rob, Natalie, Shelley, and the entire bar staff are all state-of-the-art cocktail wizards. I've been told that I've been talking to one of these podcast ads, the Waller's Woodhill Cocktails, a Southern Like Hot Cakes, karaoke, live music, pool table, pull tabs, bingo nights, botch ball tournaments, and much, much more. B-Dale's got it all. Stop by for a cold one soon. So anyway, the, these cabs would be here to pick up Doc Till patients, and when people would get out of the train, people who a lot of people could not even speak English, you know, they would say Doc Till's a ride to Doc Till's. So um, Bert Hart said that you know it was a bad day if there weren't at least a hundred patients a day coming in to be treated by him. So they were staying in the hotels. And um, the hotels couldn't accommodate them. So uh, people actually were staying at some of the farms around. So it was kind of a good deal for Turtle Lake in a way because everybody was making money off them. Okay, so the story continues. And that is that um, a number of times... So, okay... People would go to Doc Till, and he would treat about five people at a time. People would come in, and he had this big tub in the, his front room, 
and people would throw money in it. He never asked for money. And people would throw money in this tub, and then they would go in and get treated. And he'd treat five people at a time, and he said he'd talk to each person for maybe a minute and said, oh, yeah, no, no problem, I can, I can take care of you. And so what they did is he had five people, you know, stripped to the waist, lay on a, on, a, um, on a table, and he had assistants that would come around and they would put this mustard plaster, which was a bag full of these hot herbs, toxic oils, kerosene and put it on the on their back and it felt so bad it hurt so much that i and it would even rip the you know take the skin off of people's back that they forgot about what was ailing them and thought that they were maybe better <laughs> and some of the um hotels in town later had signs no doctil patients because they would come in after being treated by him, and they would bleed all over their beds and linens and stuff. So, you know, I think they were welcome when they first got here, but when they were done, you know, maybe they farmed them out to some of the farms. So anyway, they took Doc Till to, to court uh, more than once, and what happened was, you know, they would have the jury selected from you know the area no one would convict him because everybody was making money from John Till you know and eventually he um, I don't know exactly what the straw that broke the camel's back but he eventually had to move out of Turtle Lake and went to other places and kind of did the same things but um, I think he was from, well he was from Austria and I think he went back to Austria for a while um, to escape, <laughs> maybe going to jail or whatever, and then came back to, uh, you know, to the states and Turtle. I, I don't know if he came back to Turtle Lake after that. But when I was reading about him on the internet, that said that he was kind of a unique fella for the time, where he had kind of longer hair and earrings and was barefoot and just barefoot, this kind of yeah. interesting character. Jan, did you have any other stories about Doc Till? No, I don't. Yeah. He's pretty well covered that. I think it's. Uh, it's an interesting thing, though, to know that someone like that has been here. And just think of all the people it, draw, yeah, it draws. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I know my great-grandmother, my parents told me, would ride with my great-grandfather, Bert, my great-grandma, Opal, who had was part of the hardware store here in Turtle Lake. And she would ride with people out there. And eventually, mm -hmm. my dad said she would even drive the people out to this. And she was just mm -hmm. a young girl. This is in the very early 1900s. And she was born in 1901, I believe. Um, so... Interesting. The first Uber drivers. The first, <laughs> the first Uber driver in Turtle Lake. Right. Well, so he, he treated people at his house just outside of town, and he, he had so many patients that he couldn't handle it. So, one of the old school buildings in Turtle Lake that's now the Turtle Lake, on the site where the Turtle Lake Library is, was a four a large four room schoolhouse, and that was his hospital. And when, when he bought it, because the school was building a new building, he decided that he was going to put electricity into it. And so he put in electric, and it burned down shortly after that because the technology wasn't all that great. Wow. Very, very interesting. Who would have thought Turtle Lake would have such... You can make a movie about Good this story. place. Good stories. And Jan is a famous Turtle Lake figure as well with <laughs> Jan's custom cakes. Do you have any idea... How many birthday cakes you've made for kids <laughs> over the generations? 
I should have kept track, probably, but I know it was thousands. So, I guess. or cakes for aging adults. Yes, that too. <laughs> and lots what's, of weddings. What's the most unique one you've ever had to make? I remember when I was a tiny child. My brain's starting to work again oh. now. You made one of us Batman. It had a Batman head on there. <laughs> And I thought that was pretty interesting. I haven't thought of it just right this minute, but what's yeah. some of the more interesting ones you've made? I did. I think I probably spent more time doing the weddings, and I did some really, really big cakes and stuff for weddings. You know, enough for over a thousand people, and so you have huge, tall cakes. Those were more my thing, should we say? But yeah, but I'm retired now, so okay. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for new podcasts about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. Again, please support this week's sponsors, 45th Parallel Distillery, ID Chrysler Pine City, and the B-Dale Club. This is also a listener-supported podcast, so if you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits on this show, please head on over to your local record store or do some digging on iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It can be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time. <laughs>